This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. You're listening to an Art House Roadshow movie review. Welcome back, movie nerds, to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. Today, we're doing a review, so it's just me by myself today, um, because we're reviewing um, Wakanda Forever. Um, we haven't done a review for a while, and so this is going to be fun, and if you want some more uh, reviews, we have Black Adam also in the pipe, and our spoiler review of uh, Wakanda Forever. So this is a no-spoiler episode our review of wakanda forever you can um go ahead if you want the spoilers go ahead there but if you haven't seen the movie this is the one for you um and what i mean by spoilers just so everyone's aware is anything that i have seen in the trailers i don't think of as a spoiler that is out there and available to you that is what marvel wants you to see Um, but anything inside the movie that is not covered in the trailer i will not talk about in this particular review so if you would like to um, talk about those things and that um, and the spoilers, uh, there is a spoiler review up now, so feel free to go check that out. And I uh, look forward to hearing your thoughts on this one and the spoiler review, and also our review of Black Adam, which uh, came out recently as well. I haven't been able to review it yet just because of some time constraints, but I'm happy to do it right now. So let's just dive right in. Um, the big thing that I just, and I'm going to talk about this in the spoiler heavy review too, but with some more spoilers, but anyone going into this movie knew that this was going to be an emotional film because, um, of the death of Chadwick Boseman, um, who played King T'Challa, um, and the Black Panther. And, you know, personally, I've been going back through and rewatching, um, the MCU. I've made it up to, uh, Black Widow and I'm doing it in timeline order, so, um, time obviously Black Widow has been released recently, um, but that really comes after the Civil War movie, and seeing him in Civil War, um, and I'm sure as I'm expecting to see him in Black Panther and even in his uh, work in What If, um, you know, it was one of those things that I think that it did not hit me at the time how important of a character he was and how good Chadwick Boseman played that character, and so, you know. There is the sense in which there is something missing, but I think it's done intentionally. I don't mean to say that this movie suffers for it, but there's something missing in the fact that he's not in there. And I think that the writer, uh, Ryan Coogler, who's also the director, he did that because he wants you to feel kind of what the characters feel in missing T'Challa. So as we are missing Chadwick Boseman, they are missing T'Challa. And so I think that something missing is intentional. It's supposed to feel like there's this kind of hole of grief um, in there. But with that in mind, I would say this is a very spiritual movie. Um, and I won't get into exactly what I mean by that there. Cause I, again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to, uh, spoil anything or like lead into anything that could be a spoiler, but I'll say be prepared for something very spiritual. Obviously we know that Wakanda, um, is itself uh, a very religious people. They, uh, worship the Panther God Bost. Um, and I think that that's a very interesting thing, right? That they have this kind of own, like, religion inside of their very technologically advanced society. If you remember from the first Black Panther, uh, Shuri, um, T'Challa's younger sister, Buck's tradition, and really doesn't, um, deal with the themes of, like, religion at all. That's something very much, um, that T'Challa takes on as he himself is 
thinking about taking on the mantle of Black Panther and his kind of fight with um, with Killmonger, with Eric Reed and things like that. So it's important to see um, exactly that theme in this film. And so I was I was very pleasantly surprised by that. You know, there aren't too many spiritual themes in a lot of these movies. And this one deeply answers some questions like, what does it look like to live um, in a spiritual world with one foot also in a deeply technological world, which I think is really important. Now, one thing that's, I think, essential to understanding this film, you know, because it leans very heavy into the theme of grief. Um, and here on the podcast, we talk very, you know, uh, frequently about um, the movement from guilt to grief. Um, and I think this movie does this quite well, actually. Um, and you'll have to be um, the judge of that if you decide to go see it, whether you think that it actually pulls it off the way that um, we do at the podcast. But um, the reason why that grief process is obviously very heavy is that, you know, it's the death of King T'Challa um, and uh, what not only Suri's family is going through, but also all the um, characters around the family. You know, you even got Okoye, you know, the general of the army and then also the uh, head of the Dora Milaje, um, who is dealing with this grief as well. And I think that it's important to note that these characters and these actors really just put a lot into that expression of grief. Um, you know, for example, like I would, I'm, I was really impressed with how they changed the political setup, you know, so now T'Challa um, has passed away. He doesn't have any um, uh, children that, you know, they've established at all in the line. And so he has, to, they, they have to figure out who's going to rule Wakanda, and as the uh, trailers, you know, indicate, the the mantle passes on to uh, Ramonda, which is T'Challa's mom, and that's that character is played by Angela Bassett, and I just have to say that Angela Bassett crushes it in this role. There's one scene in particular that they show a brief part in the trailer, and but I don't want to talk about it too much specifically because um, I don't want to spoil anything, but that where she really shows her power, her grief, but then also her own, um, you know, her own resolve and through in the face of these like, uh, problems that she's facing as the queen of Wakanda. Um, even as it is, as a spiritual movie, it's a deeply political movie. Uh, one that touches on themes, not only of the histories of colonialism, um, between the interactions of Wakanda and, um, Namor's nation, which I'm not going to name here, uh, at this point, just because, again, I don't want to name that as a spoiler, but um, the the grief is is palpable in this film, um, and it, it manifests in different characters in different ways. But the reason why I want to highlight that is that this is also the end of Phase 4 of Marvel, uh, which it doesn't feel like the end of a phase, because if you have followed Marvel for any period of time, you'll know that like each phase normally ends with a an Avengers movie, so Phase 1 ended with the first Avengers, Phase 2 ended with Avengers Age of Ultron, and then Phase 3 ended with um, uh, Endgame, but they kind of like grandfathered in um, Spider-Man Far From Home. That seemed to be a part of that, you know, and I, I, I think that I disagree with the organization because if you think about and read the themes of um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever as itself kind of indicative of the closure and all the the properties that have occurred in between um endgame and wakanda forever one of the things you'll note is that um grief is a very heavy theme everyone grieving the loss of something 
as a result of Endgame. I mean, Far From Home, uh, uh, Peter Parker is grieving the loss of Tony Stark, right? That's a huge part about this. In this movie, um, Wakanda Forever, they're grieving the loss of T'Challa. Now, he's not dead as a result of um, what happens in Endgame. They established that pretty clearly in the trailer. Uh, it's something else. And I think they do it as to kind of pay homage to um, Chadwick Boseman themselves. Uh, and so anyway, um, it, but if you think about all the properties that have occurred here, I mean, Eternals is itself uh, a response to and a grieving process of um, what happened in Endgame. Um, WandaVision is kind of the, about Wanda's grief over the loss of Vision. Uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier is about the loss kind of of uh, um, of Steve Rogers. You've got even when you look at um, Hawkeye. I mean, the, I think the the scene that sums up Phase Four is like this period of grieving is Hawkeye in that moment going back to that place in New York and staring at the bridge and seeing that plaque that says "Here the Avengers first assembled," and realizing he's one of only a few Avengers left from that original time. Thor, him, and Hulk are the only ones left. And so that theme of grieving, and we can go through every single property, Loki even, what, what if um, all these properties and movies themselves, I mean, even Multiverse of Madness, which picks up from WandaVision, um, No Way Home, right? That itself is a form of grief, and it's all connected to Endgame. It's all connected to Endgame uh, in one way or another. And so it's fascinating to see that they decided to, instead of go out with a bang like they do in an Avengers movie, they kind of go out with um, tears, in this sense. And so what's going to kick off with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is going to be phase five as they're going to go full bore now in, okay, we've grieved for an entire phase. Now it's time to move into um, a new phase. And I think this movie captures quite beautifully the grieving process. Um, and so um, the family grieves, the nation grieves, and even just the friends grieve. Um, and I think it's important but like I said, this is also about Wakanda being a world power. You see in the trailer, there are kind of these moments where it seems like Wakanda stands before the UN. At the end of Black Panther, you know, T'Challa decides to start opening up these outreach centers and like make Wakanda more of a world player. There's some frustration with um, that from the nations, as, as you will see. I'm not going to name what that is, but I think it's important to note that now Wakanda is seen as this visible... Um, world power and probably the largest world power which makes some other nations very uncomfortable um, and i think that it's very powerful kind of the ways in which they they toe the line between a spiritual story and this political thriller in a certain sense um but you know there's one character that's new they're introducing a new major marvel character one of the card one of the last few i would say marvel characters not introduced um um that I think is really interesting um, is, and that's Namor. Namor um, is kind of like the equivalent of um, of uh, Aquaman. Uh, if you have read the comics, he's kind of an underwater um, character. He has a spear. Um, he also flies due to the, the wings on his feet. That's kind of a classic um, a comic book adaptation. In the comics, he is the king of Atlantis. Um, and Marvel here shied away from that just because of, you know, Aquaman already being established with Atlantis. I think they want to move away from that. Um, but I think that this actor does a really great job of bringing this character to life. And I think some real, like, texture and emotions to this character. And really interesting kind of 
conflict within him. And I think you really resonate with him by the end of this film. Um, there's a curious part at the end, which I'll, I'll talk about in the spoiler review that I won't talk about here that I'm, I'm intrigued to see where they go with it. But nonetheless, I think that Namor and the nation that he represents, which I won't name because I don't name it in the trailers. Um, I think they do a really great job with it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this, um, complexifies, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, going forward, because this is a major addition. Uh, we're looking ahead in the MCU to the addition of the Fantastic Four, which should come out in sometime in the next couple years, and the X-Men, which has yet to be announced. Um, and if you watched, uh, you know, Ms. Marvel, you know that they've already started to, um, gesture towards mutants, and so I'm assuming this is going to be a trickle effect as well. Now, one of the things that I do like, and I, again, I won't spoil exactly what I like, but, you know, one of my favorite characters from the first film was Umbaku, uh, played by um, Winston Duke, and uh, he uh, crushes it again here, I think, in this movie. Um, enjoyed him, and I think that he does a really great job to kind of bridge that, that gap between, between Black Panther and Wakanda Forever. Um, and I'll talk about more about what I like about specifically, but, um, he's funny, he's, he's brave, he's strong, like all of these things, uh, that I just really appreciate about, about, appreciated about his character, I think are really, uh, cool, um, here in this episode. So anyway, there's that. Um, last thing I'll, I'll talk about here, um, again, with no spoilers and everything is just that I really love the fact that, um, this tells a very human story, um, but also a very powerful hero story, because I think that one of the things you'll see, and I, I mentioned this a little bit, if you remember, um, in my, um, my podcast on Black Adam, um, how do we hold the past and the future together? The things that we, um, the wrongs that we've done, you know, the traditions that we're a part of, but also the future towards which we're going. Um, and uh, this movie asked that question in very powerful ways. Um, and I think that that's ultimately what you're left with here at the end of this film, um, is how do we look forward to the future with what has lied behind? And, you know, this is a, like the loss of Chadwick Bozeman, I'm, Bozeman, I'm, I'm not going to lie, is a huge gut punch, um, uh, to the MCU. I mean, that's a major character that I know that they are planning on building the Avengers around. He's a great leader, you know, and I think even... Like Chadwick Boseman, if you watched What If, he was really intrigued by the directions of his character there, and he wanted to kind of incorporate that into the T'Challa character that's in the MCU, that is the Black Panther. And so, you know, again, I just, I think that it's important to highlight the fact that this is, this is difficult. This is really difficult. And how does not only Wakanda move on, but how does the MCU move on without um, this Black Panther? And so that's all I'll say. Um, let me know what you think. I hope that you go and see the movie. Let me know if you do go see the movie. But um, I hope that uh, this was helpful and encouraging you to go it. I liked it. I think if you like the MCU, if you liked um, Black Panther, the first one, um, and any kind of um, representation of Wakanda from any of the uh, films or TV properties, I think this is worth checking out for sure. So I hope that you do. Just let me know what you think. And... Uh, uh, feel free to leave us a review, too. That helps other people find us, and uh, we hope that you are doing great. So be well, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you here next time on the Art House Road Show. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Road Show. We'll see you next time.
And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time.